Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Ego Child Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I am with Justin Binkowski and today we're going to discuss the final week of group stage of stage four uh, and then we're also going to preview the first LAN event of the season, the first LAN event since March 2020 so it's been like 15 or 16 months now. Um, the stage four major $500,000 event, we're going to give our predictions, going to go through the bracket uh, match by match and and just figure out who's going to end up taking the grand prize. Uh, we also have some roster mania news, uh, kind of temporary uh, roster mania with the New York subliners. And uh, we're going to touch on um, the situation with Hook. Uh, this, this is like literally right after our last podcast. Uh, some big news drop and uh, we're just going to discuss it um, and maybe some updates um, because of some banter or controversy i don't know what it is on twitter so uh, how you doing bink i'm doing all right I'm ready to get right into it yep uh, so let's get right into the final week of group stage uh, we had 10 matches starting on thursday uh just we had like what we considered two pretty easy uh, matches on Thursday uh, on paper because the Toronto Ultra versus Los Angeles Gorillas, uh, LEG had not won a match at this point in the in the stage, and Toronto has looked like a you know a top three or top four team in the league at this point. And then the second match is Op Chicago versus Seattle Surge. At this point, Seattle uh, had they lost this match, they would have had the uh they would own the record for the most consecutive losses in cdl history uh, and they also hadn't won a control in like two months or whatever uh and optic has looked like a top five team so we thought coming in that it was just going to be a really easy very quick day uh it, i mean the first series toronto just steamrolled lag unfortunately and uh we thought okay optics up next Optic didn't pull their end of the bargain. Uh, they not only allowed Seattle to win control for the first time in two months, they uh, lost the series in a game five to the Seattle Surge, which gives, I believe, this is the Surge's fourth or fifth win of the CDL season. Either, either way, it is the fewest amount of wins of any team. Uh, let's start with this Optic Seattle series. What did you think of this? Yeah, so uh, let me look real quick before we get into it. Just a, uh, yeah, so that was their uh, Seattle's fifth match. We win their five and nineteen on the year now. Uh, next closest is seven from Gorillas, Paris, and London. So uh, definitely, like you said, uh, the lowest amount of wins mm -hmm. in the league. But regardless, um, coming into this week on our last episode of the pod, I talked about that miracle situation at the end, right? <laughs> like yeah. we were kind of writing off. Uh, Seattle just at the end uh, saying there's like there was like a 90 plus percent chance of them not making winner's bracket for the stage four major and then it clicked and I was like there's a world of possibility where Seattle comes in and they beat Optic and then they played Paris in their second match and if they beat Paris they would have been two and three uh, or if they had won in this hypothetical situation against Optic and uh, Seattle, they would have been two and three, and then it would have came down to tiebreakers for them to potentially get the uh, third spot in winners bracket. So it wasn't completely impossible, 
And after this series, I mean, it was definitely looking a little bit more possible than, you know, we gave them credit for. But uh, this was completely unexpected, like you said. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the, just the fact they won a control was pretty impressive, let alone winning the whole series. And in the back of my head, I was kind of thinking, you know, the last couple stages, Optic has had that one week in uh, each of the group plays phases where they just... They, they're in a slump or they hit a rut, however you want to word it. Um, and that's after I saw this happen, I was like, you know, is, is this really what's going to happen with Optic? They're going to have another two week going into the first land in 15 plus months. Um, but obviously, we'll touch on it later. Uh, not really exactly what happened. And uh, it just turns out this was a one off upset. But it, it was a, a big win for Seattle. They, like you said, uh, they do not have sole possession of the losing streak. They're still they're tied with whoever was it Minnesota. Um, yeah, Minnesota um, last year had uh, yeah. a ten match losing streak as well. Yeah, so um, definitely uh, not a record you want to have sole possession of. But <laughs> yeah. they're still in first for now. So. Um, the it was a big win. I don't know how much it really changes for Seattle. Um, I guess it just brings up a couple more questions about Optic at this point, at least in the week before we see them play their second match. Yeah, just to give a little bit of context to this, like the control win is just uh, like we've been, I've literally been harping on this for at least a month. And the reason being when they came into this Optic match, Seattle, they were three and 19 in control this season. They were. Uh, a combined, they were 0 and 11 on checkmate and raid control. They they won all of their, uh, you know, they the three control wins. They won them all on garrison, and when they played optic, they didn't have garrison. They played on checkmate, which just makes it even more incredible. Um, but obviously, they've changed the roster a few times now. Classic comes in, and. Uh, I, don't, I think this might have been like their third or fourth match or whatever third. with him. So this was... Oh, fourth, fourth. Yeah, so there was, uh, you know, extra practice with him another week. And they were getting used to him. But I still thought, all right, like this is the last week of group play. Maybe they do it at the major where there's like, you know, a do or die mentality. If you lose this one match, you're out. So, uh, I I did not see it coming with Optic um, because Optic's been one of the better control teams in the league as well, which just makes it even more surprising. Just, I mean, congrats to Seattle. They actually did it. Uh, they proved me wrong. The, I've, been, I've been really down on them for about a month or two now. But congrats to them, and uh, they deserve it. I mean, of course it comes against Optic. This is like the, the perfect opportunity uh for for them to get the uh, Seattle to get the record and it just didn't happen maybe another team will go on a 10 match losing streak and then finally get to 11 um uh do you want to talk about this Toronto LAG series at all before we uh, move on to the next day we can just touch on it real quick I don't think there's much we have to talk about um I was just going to say real quick even with this win we touched on it being Seattle's fifth uh, series one of the year, but they still are in last place in the standings, and they only have 60 CDL points, which is 90 behind Florida, who are in eighth place at 150 for that cutoff to qualify for champs. So, I mean, 
it, it's just tough to even say this is a big win. Like, obviously, yeah. you want to win all the matches you play, but, like, they're still in a huge hole and only winning this one match in group play. I guess it's better than going 05, yeah. but I don't, I don't know how much you can take away from it. Um, Regardless of that, I just... I to bring up the Toronto LAG series, it was kind of a stomp. Uh, Garrison Hardpoint 251-36, Express Search and Destroy 6-3, and Raid Control is 3-1 on Toronto. Um, if you got anything you want to say about your boys, speak now. Forever hold your peace. No, I'm kind of done with them. They're they're annoying me. So <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of picking them and being wrong and then having you gloat or me just feel bad in general about this team losing. Um, one thing before we move on, though, uh, and and talk about, like, Tuesday or whatever, um, just to give some context, like, 90 points, like, that is a lot, like, a lo yeah. especially at this stage in the season. So, to put it into context, if Seattle won the Stage 4 major, they would still be behind Florida. It, it, and that's assuming that Florida if doesn't Florida, win anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Florida loses first match and Seattle wins the entire major. They're still 15 points behind eighth place. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a very good chance that Florida wins, like, one or two or three matches and Seattle goes out without without anything. And, I mean, we can say the same thing for, like, Paris and uh, London and even LAG because LAG is 60 points back. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's a pretty big thing for a team that's won seven total matches this season. So, uh, I mean, it looks like the top eight is, you know, it's we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season, and that top eight seems to be, you know, kind of widening in terms of, like, the top eight from the bottom four. But yeah. we'll see at the stage four major. Uh, let's, so let's talk about these uh, Friday matches. Uh, these were a little different um, the, from the first day. New York versus London. I think we both agreed that New York should, you know, win this match convincingly because London hasn't looked great, and New York has, uh, at this point, been like maybe the best team or not the best team, like best team besides Phase. So, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of disagreement there with the LA Thieves Minnesota match. We agreed that this was possibly the most interesting and most impactful match of the entire weekend because of the the ramifications of the groups uh group stage. I believe they're in group A, oh. I believe. Group yeah, group A. These were in group A, yeah. So at this point Minnesota was two and one coming in and the Thieves were one and two coming to this match. Uh, I think we should point out that the Thieves made a roster change right before this match. They uh, bring back Hook and they bring back Slasher, both players. They yeah. previously benched earlier in the season at you know at different points. So this is a completely new lineup with Kenny, TJ, uh, Hook, and Slasher. So, I mean, we didn't even get to pick it with this roster coming in. Uh, yeah. But if th the Thieves won and uh, obviously Minnesota lost, then they would both be two and two, and then it would you know matter about these last uh, the last group stage matches. Minnesota ends up winning, uh, winning a game five, a really 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 uh, good match in overall. Minnesota, like I I think this was the series that LA Thieves got. Was this did LA Thieves get stomped in like one of these maps, or was that against Optic? Um, I think that was against Optic. Looking at the scores, LAD's two wins in this series were 6-1 on 
with standoff search and 250 to 59 on Moscow hardpoint. Yeah. So if anything, the Thieves wins were yeah uh, two lopsided ones, and Minnesota's wins were all close. Uh, they won Garrison hardpoint 250-190, Garrison control 3-2, and then Miami search was 6-5. Yeah, so I, I was thinking of the Optics series, which we'll get to at the very end of uh, this recap. But Minnesota ends up winning. Uh, they go to 3-1. and one. They almost, like... Uh, I don't think it was a hundred percent lock, but it was essentially that they had guaranteed a winner's bracket spot. And um, I mean, at this point, I think they could even get first place if uh, you know Phase and Optic, you know, they lost and everything. So, what do you think of uh, this match in particular? Yeah. So, like you said, I, I was really looking forward to this one before the drama with Hook happened. And before these made the roster change, um, I believe I might have said Minnesota three two. I know I said I was picking Minnesota to win this before uh, we even, you know, before we even had the thieves roster change. And I probably even if like the thieves announced the roster change before the pod, I probably would have stuck with Minnesota just because um, it was again a new iteration for the thieves. Uh, we didn't even mention it that uh, slasher and. Uh, who came back into the lineup to replace Venom and Draza, the mm-hmm. two like young, up and coming players who uh, the Thieves used this year. So uh, the Thieves' current roster and the roster for this match was Slasher, Who, Kenny, and TJ. Um, but yeah, I was I was looking forward to this one, and it delivered. Uh, like like I kind of already said, LA's two map wins were convincing. Uh, the other maps were close, so I guess that's a sign of. Uh, good things, at least from this first match that we saw out of the new team. But, um, again, this was an important match with uh, group play implications for getting that third spot uh, in winner's bracket at the major. So um, props to Minnesota for getting the job done in what was essentially a must-win series. Let's talk about this roster change before we move on because this came out of left field for me. I was not expecting to see either Hook or Slasher in the Thieves starting lineup at any point for the rest of the season, especially since J-Cap was really outspoken about Venom staying in the lineup when they benched yep. Hook uh, during, uh, right, right before Stage 4. So what did, I mean, what was your reaction when they announced this, and what do you think after watching this match, what do you think of the Thieves' new lineup? I I was surprised as well. Um, I in particular, I I think I was more surprised that Slasher came back than uh, Hook kept coming back. Even though, like you said, there was that stuff that we heard um, regarding the situation with Hook and what Cap was saying about uh, Venom, all that. Um, I I was more surprised I think to see Slasher coming back just because like he hasn't played. Uh, he's been playing basically only eight since being benched as far as I know. I don't think he played in any of the amateur tournaments. Pretty so, sure not. Uh, and, and I, I, I think he performed well. I'm pretty sure he had, like, a nasty pop-off game in that uh, game four hard point that we were just talking about. That was a stomp uh, that might have, like, helped his numbers a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he had an overall KD of 1.43 in a series that the Thieves only won one respawn map, so... Uh, might have been swayed by I think he went like twenty one and eight or something. I could be wrong on the exact numbers, but uh, he played really well in like that Moscow. So that might excuse numbers a little bit, but he still performed well considering it was his first series mm-hmm. uh, 
back in a while. And uh, the bigger thing for me out of this whole situation is we've heard from Slasher in particular in the past about how adamant he's been about not liking competing online. And with this first LAN event in CDL and over a year coming up, it feels like that was the mindset or the move, uh, mindset behind the move for the Thieves that, you know, this LAN is coming up. We're going to see what our vets can do back on LAN. And who knows? Maybe if the Thieves don't perform well at the Major, they make another change going <laughs> into Stage 5 and Champs. I'm not really sure. But I just I think that's the mindset that that we're we're going to land. Let's get the vets back in there and see if they can pull off some magic again. Yeah, I'd, man, if they make another roster change, it's gonna like all hell is gonna break loose. Especially if they bench Hook, who I mean, obviously we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it before uh, we get to the major. But like just the news right. and everything uh, from him, and then him coming back. It would just be really, really weird uh, to see him get benched again, or Slasher, considering I, I thought it was a really bad move at the time to bench him before the Stage 2 Major. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. It, it, but, man, if they if they end up making another roster change, I just know that there's going to be a significant portion of the community um, that's going to really hate it. And, I mean, it, it makes Twitter fun, but it doesn't really make anything else entertaining. Um, so let's get to these next three matches. On Saturday, we had uh, two of the worst teams in the league, LAG versus London, uh, uh, a a pretty big um, group stage match, Atlanta versus Minnesota. Uh, Atlanta came in uh, undefeated. Minnesota coming off of that win, they were three and one. So a win here could uh, a win against Phase could I mean first place, depending on how the rest of the the stage uh, shakes out and then the final match Dallas versus Florida um, I mean let's start with this this final match because Dallas has been a really interesting team to watch the entire season uh, you know in the first two stages they were you know obviously one of the very best teams in the entire league when they had hook in the lineup and it was basically the world championship team minus Clayster uh, then they make that move, they hit their slump, and then they make another move. They bring in Vivid from LAG, and you know they started off slow, but they're starting to heat up. They win this match 3-2. Florida has looked much improved uh, throughout the stage. Uh, what do you think of Dallas's win over Florida here? Yeah, before we get into that, I just want to bring up real quick, just for the sake of having all the matches documented, uh, that Friday match, uh, the first one before the Minnesota LA Thieves showdown was New York-London. New York won 3-0, like we said. Um, but just real quick, it was uh, checkmate hard point 250 to 119 for New York. Standoff search, they won 6-5. I think that was like a 5-3 or 5-4 comeback. I know they came from behind. Away. I just don't remember the exact score. Um, and then raid control was 3-1. Um just to bring up the numbers there for that. Um, and then uh, the first two matches on Saturday, we saw London take down your Los Angeles Gorillas 3-1. Um, I already lost my place. Uh, the, the only match that the Gorillas won in that was Garrison Control. London won both hard points relatively convincingly, and then Miami Search 6-5. Um, and then that Atlanta-Minnesota match was also Atlanta 1-3-1. Again, the only match 
Uh, Minnesota won in this was Garrison Control 3-2. Um, both hard points were pretty close. Uh, Garrison hard point 250, 246. I remember that one came down to the wire. I think Simp got like a two-piece on uh, P2 or something like that and uh, solidified the win for them. And then Atlanta won Raid Search 6-3 and Raid hard point 250 to 210. So I uh, just wanted to get those numbers in there before we yep. talk about the uh, Dallas-Florida match. But um, this was another one, I think... Um, at least on paper, I know we we mentioned a couple matches in, in particular just because this was the last week of group play for Stage 4. Yeah. Uh, on the last episode, I think we brought up a few matches in particular that were of note or we were excited to see. Uh, I know we were looking forward to LA Thieves, Minnesota, also New York versus Toronto. But I'm pretty sure this was another one we highlighted just because of the uh, group implications mm -hmm. uh, behind it. Because we saw Florida had beaten uh, Toronto to start Stage 4 group play. And I think in last week they went 1-1. One and one, And then, they, yeah, because they only played one match this week against Dallas. So I think they went 1-1 one and one last week when they uh, lost to New York. I could be wrong on that. No, they lost to sure New York and they beat but... LAG. Okay, so, um, yeah, this was a big match coming in, and I know I predicted Florida to win. I was, you know, again, thinking online Dallas hadn't looked, you know, particularly amazing with uh, Vivid yet, since this is still, you know, the first time they're playing together, this first stage for that change or that iteration of the roster. Um, and Florida, again, it, it seemed like they were performing better. Um, at the time, so I was basing my pick off that. Uh, in this series, Florida does win Express Search 6-0, which was pretty impressive. Um, but other than that, Dallas wins both hard points, and they clutch up 6-2 on Miami Search Game 5 to, uh, in my mind at least, steal this one away from Florida and lock in that... Uh, well, they didn't lock in the group stage yet, or the uh, winner's bracket spot at the major yet, but it, it gave them the tiebreaker advantage over Florida to, you know, help uh, make a better case for them to get that last spot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is, uh, in terms of stats, like, Havoc obviously is the odd man out when it comes to this Florida roster, but you would expect that. Like, whatever yep. player comes into this roster, unless it's, like, you know, Simp or Octane or some, like, ridiculous slayer, uh, you're expecting them to kind of at least when it comes to KD or whatever, they're going to be, like, the lowest man. And, I mean, it's just interesting. There's only so many kills on the map. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, we saw that with FaZe last year where you have, like, Selium and Simp and Abizi, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, Major Maniac's not going to drop, like, a 1.4 every time now because he can only do so much. Um, with, this, with this Florida roster, it's just, like... I don't know if there is a solution to this team, like to making them a championship contender, because like like we've said uh, in this episode, they are in eighth place. That's mostly because of what they've done previous to um, have it coming into the roster. So it's not entirely on him in this iteration of the roster. Uh, they they had slacked before that and they didn't perform as well as they should have, but. I don't know at this point in the season with the available players, like even players on the bench or players and challengers, I don't know if there is a player out there 
that can slot into this Florida roster and make them a championship contender and like boost them into the top three because the top three is so good and Florida just looks like they're kind of almost in the same boat that maybe Optic is at this point. Like they're, you know, fourth, fifth, maybe sixth in the league and that you're, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I don't think that's tough. Unless they absolutely bomb out this major. I know I, I haven't looked at the exact bracket. I mean, before I say, because um, they're obviously starting in loser's bracket. Spoiler alert for anybody who wasn't paying attention, I guess. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're playing in the loser's bracket. They'll play the winner of Thieves versus Gorillas. Um so unless they lose that first round matchup, like I I don't even if they lose that one, it's tough for me. But I I don't see a world where they make another change because, like you said, yeah. I I don't know who they could bring up. I mean, Florida has been good at finding these sort of diamond in the rough players, or just you know giving a chance to these amateur players and them you know producing. I'm thinking of you know Frosty coming in making his. Uh, well, it wasn't his COD debut, but um, on this I level, they gave him a chance. Deal. Yeah, well, he he played for E6 and mm-hmm. Midnight, I think, before then Black Ops Four. But regardless, um, basically like his sophomore season, so they gave him a chance. Um, and then guys like Pharaoh, obviously, he wasn't in the league before Florida gave him his chance. Um, and then Awakening and then Neptune this year. So like that, they've had success picking up quote-unquote amateur players and slotting them into the roster um i just don't know if that's like again i don't i don't a know if it's necessary because like we just kind of hit on there's only so many kills on the map and there's always going to be an odd man out so i don't think you can really blame havoc he's a he's a good search player and uh so regardless i don't really think um there's a change there for florida but this is obviously um a, a big stepping stone for the team because, like, like we're gonna talk about later, we're we're going back to land, and um, this is basically the first major CDL event that Awakening is played on land. It will be uh, Neptune's first land for a major COD event. I think Awakening played in like the in that Black Ops Four champs. Yeah, he did. Um. So, um. However you want to classify that, regardless, but. So uh, first it, it's a big event for this land. team just sure um it's a big event to see what they're they're capable of on land and kind of you know it's their it, both awakening and neptune's opportunity to put anybody potentially saying they're like onliners or whatever uh it's it's their chance to shut that down yeah so uh awakening's last land was the atlanta open the challengers atlanta open so this was okay. February 2020. He played with uh, Geofrosty, Willet, and Kaiser. And then he also played at the launch weekend. He, he did champs in 2019. So it's like, I mean, I, I mean, we can consider like he was a pro or whatever. I, I hate the argument like when, when it g- gets brought up. But like champs 2019, he gets top 32. Like that team 
he's not getting out of group stage most likely, so I don't really consider it. Like it's it's much different now. He's playing against the yeah. best players in the world in a completely different environment. And Neptune, I mean, this is according to COD Gamepedia. Maybe they don't have every result, but according to COD Gamepedia, this is literally his first Call of Duty LAN. Obviously, he's not a a COD player for life or anything, but it's just interesting yeah. that this team. I mean. Like, Havoc is an experienced player, but he is relatively young compared to, like, you know, Crim6 and, like, the guys that have been there since COD4 and been playing all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's really interesting. Skies is obviously not super old either. But I'm just, I'm interested to see what happens. I think Ogre 2 has done, honestly, an incredible job. Like, since the beginning of the CDL, he he hasn't had star players it's not like he's been able to pick up a hook or you know an octane a simp he's had guys that i wouldn't say they're cast offs because people certainly probably wanted frosty because he showed a lot of potential especially in like search tournaments and everything but he's he's gotten guys that you wouldn't think would like make a really great team and i think he's done that i think at least the back half of the season since they benched slacked and they brought in havoc they've done a really really good job i just in my personal opinion i don't see this team competing for a championship in in august or whatever right i think of this team like they get you know if they get fourth you're like man they had a really good season and you know if they get you know sixth or seventh or eighth you're like yeah it makes sense like i don't see uh, you know, first or second place for this team, and that's unfortunate because they have a lot of uh, talent on this team. Yep, I mean, who knows? Maybe Humongous Wake shows up on land, drops a one point eight, and Florida wins stage four major. <laughs> I mean, if he drops a one point eight, like we, I mean, just just call it call it a season, and just give the entire trophy to him. Give him champs. Give him the check. Everything. Um, so let's move on. Let's let's talk about these final three matches of group stage. Uh, yeah, so I was making sure that we covered those other two matches, but you did. Um, so on Sunday, yeah, I just ran we have Paris and Seattle. Um, <laughs> I mean, not a not a barn burner of a, a match there on paper, um, but Paris ends up winning 3-1. Uh, New York and Toronto. Uh, this is a really big match because it... Uh, I think it decided who was the first seed in their group. Um, New York came in. They were undefeated at this point in the stage. Toronto had just the single loss at this point. Uh, they lost to Florida earlier in the stage. So, like, whoever won this got first seed, and then whoever lost would get second. Um, Toronto ends up sweeping uh, New York just... Uh, I mean, New York has looked incredible for, like, the last two months. To see them get dominated like this, it pretty shocking. What do you think of this? Uh, yeah, so, uh, before, so we don't forget, just that Paris-Seattle match. Um, Paris obviously wins at 3-1, but the big takeaway here is Seattle won the control again. That's their fifth. So Seattle is on a two-control two control win streak mm -hmm. uh, heading into the major. Is, is that like the catalyst for Seattle to make a run? Who knows? Um, 
But now, so, so Paris picks up a, a a big win for them there to allow them to uh, move to two and three in their group, so they don't have to play in that first uh, match in the lower bracket. Yeah. Um, so I guess they actually so th- they're guaranteed some points from the major, whether they win or lose the series. Um, but regardless, yeah, this Toronto match was really big. Um, not only was it for first place, but it had implications for that uh, Dallas and Florida. Um, for that third spot, because uh, with Dallas's win over Florida, they were both three and two. Um, New York going into this was four and zero, oh, and Toronto was three and one. So if New York had beat Toronto, uh, New York would have been in first at five and zero, oh, and then there would have been a three-way tie for the three teams at three and two. And I think with the tiebreakers, it would have been Toronto in second, Florida in third, and Dallas in fourth. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure okay. I know Sky's like tweeted at Clayster <laughs> saying like uh, something like, like you want like uh, I can't even remember you want like a smoothie or something like that <laughs> before the match. It was funny. Um, but yeah, Toronto just came out hot and you know it, it wasn't like a stop by any means, but they, they got the job done. It was checkmate hard point. Uh, it went down to time. Toronto won 225 to 205. I think they said on broadcast it was like the sixth time we've seen that this year. Um, I could be wrong on that exact number, but I believe that's what they said. Um, then Express Search and Destroy was 6-4 Toronto, and Garrison Control was 3-1 for Toronto to solidify that 3-0 uh, over New York and get first place in Group B. Um, the bigger takeaway for me... Um, just looking at Toronto's performance in this group overall is they lose that opening match to Florida to kick off Group B or Stage 4 group play, and then they go 4-0. Not only do they go 4-0 in their next four group play matches, but they win all four 3-0 and have a 12-0 map count after the loss to Florida. So they're on a 12-map win streak heading into this major. Yeah. I mean, that's just... Toronto can turn it on at any time. We saw that in the Stage 2 Major where they would lose the opening map and then just completely wipe out a team. And they, they were, they've been really the only team this year to... I, went, I don't know if it would be fair to say that they dominated FaZe, but to convincingly beat FaZe, they're like one of the very few teams to do it, and they did it in a best-of-nine series in the stage two major finals. And I mean, to, to, to beat a New York and hard point, New York is incredible in hard point. Like to this point, they are 33 or heading in, I guess, to this uh, match, they were 33 and 14. This is like by far their best game mode. It's how they win series. Like they're very much like a, that's not only with Hydra, right? That's like overall no, that's, this year. That's overall. I mean, they're like they yeah. have a higher. It's even better with them. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, so they have a a, a great hard point team, and they I know they went down to time, so it's obviously showing how strong both teams are and how highly contested it is. But just to win that is incredible. Uh, Toronto is like one of those teams. Like everybody shit on them for making that change. And bringing in insight and benching uh, Zenny, but turns out it was actually a really good change. Like no offense to methods, it but worked. the results have been oh yeah inarguable. So I mean it's just incredible how much they progressed. Uh, maybe they can compete with Phase in the stage uh, four major. We haven't really seen 
uh, I, I don't know how much LAN experience like Insight has, but Bands has a lot of LAN experience. He's like one of the best European players of all time at this point. Like his his stock just keeps rising. Um, we have uh, Kleenex. I think didn't he make his name on LAN with Singularity or whatever? Oh, what? Insight was on that team with him. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, so I mean, this is a really interesting roster. I'm yep. not sh sure what to really expect of them on land, but I I don't really buy into you know like massive changes between online and land. Yeah. So, um, just an incredible incredible result for uh, Toronto. Uh, do you have any other thoughts before we move on to the last match of the the week? Do you want to talk about Asim here? Or you want to wait? Oh uh, yeah, we could talk about it. So. Uh, Asim, who has been like really the glue guy for New York this season, he stepped into a really difficult role with Zuma re uh, retiring due to injury, and Asim stepping in and uh, filling his his spot. And um, New York has had a really successful season, and like he's Canadian, so there's always gonna be you know like kind of some puckering essentially when you have like a foreign player. And it hasn't been an issue to this point because everything has been online since March 2020. Like, really anything, as long as they're in the States and, like, their Internet's not an issue, everything has been able to go smoothly. Unfortunately, he's had some visa issues. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago whenever he tweeted about, like, how he was denied entry into the United States because I think he said, like, he forgot his visa or something like that. So well, that was that was just my interpretation. Yeah, like he just he what, said he got denied at customs. I think. Yeah, so th that was what I thought. I thought maybe you know like he lost it or something or you know forgot it at home, whatever. But apparently the visa issues are a little more extensive than we initially thought, and it's turned into something where it's going to require him to sit out the first land of the season. Uh, we don't really know if there's like an actual timetable for when he will be able to come in and uh, and be a part of New York, but because he's not able to get uh, to Dallas where the first major is or first um, land is taking place this season, New York is bringing in Decimate, uh, formerly very very briefly formerly of the Seattle Surge. Uh, he also played on the Los Angeles Gorillas last season for like the entire season. So he has a lot of CDL experience. Um, what do you think about just like this whole situation and Decimate stepping in? Yeah, so I think um, obviously I don't want to pin it on Asim in any way, but um, maybe that could have played a, a very minor role in, like, the end result of this series with New York and Toronto, right? Like, I, it had to have at least been in the back of the mind in some capacity of these New York players that, like, yeah. they, they likely weren't going to get to play with this roster uh, in the week following this match. So maybe that had some small effect on the outcome of the match. I don't really think it did, but I just wanted to bring it up yeah. as a potential point uh, that could have impacted it. But... Uh, yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, the way the bracket sh shakes out because New York loses this match and Toronto gets first place in the group is now if, you know, Asim was able to go to the land and New York plays Minnesota in the first, 
uh, round of the winner's bracket if New York wins that match. they ha- we, we get a rematch of the last grand finals in the winner's bracket semifinals with New York going up against FaZe. Uh, that would have been a really hype match to see on land. Um, it kind of, I think, we'll, we'll get into our predictions later, but I think even with Decimate, New York is a good shot to take down uh, the Rocker and set up that match, but it kind of like takes away a little bit from the the pizzazz or the potential storyline of that grand finals rematch just because Asim's unable to travel to the U.S. for this event. Uh, it's unfortunate. I think Decimate is a good uh, replacement based on the circumstances. Uh, obviously, as we were talking about before the show, I think Sensor would have been... It, it would have been a good fit if Sensor actually got to come in, play for New York just for this major and show what he's capable of. And it would have made sense from a role standpoint, too. Like, Sensor's that selfless SMG just like Asim. Uh, Decimate kind of isn't... Like, like he's more of a... Like, Asim's put up really good slaying numbers, just before I say this. But I think of Decimate more as like a slaying SMG than whereas Asim, like he, he can put up those numbers and he's shown that this year he's capable of it. But Asim does more dirty work than Desi does, in my opinion. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this works out for them. Um, unfortunate circumstances, it, it kind of puts a hamper or, you know, uh, like kind of lowers my expectations right for New York at the major just because they can't play with their actual lineup uh, but we'll have to see what goes down. Yeah it's obviously really disappointing because especially since New York is one of the best teams in the league and like a legitimate contender to win the major and to make a um, you know I, I, I don't want to say like a roster change because like you know this isn't like likely permanent but having to swap out a player um you know it's just it's really unfortunate and to kind of elaborate on what you were saying as far as like the mental aspect of this kind of is like being a distraction while they head into a very very important match in toronto um asim tweeted this i so it's like almost two weeks ago um, and he said, this this year has been uh, so hard on me, especially this week. I've gone through a million problems outside of game with my mom's accident. His mom got in a, like, what seemed to be a pretty severe car accident. Like, the car was completely totaled, uh, what it, it seemed from, like, the picture he showed. Uh, internet's going out, PC's being broken, 90% of my stuff getting shipped to America, g- getting denied at customs. So, I mean, that's just, it's crazy that... He's had to deal with so much. I know that he's also had, uh, you know, I believe two deaths in the family earlier in the year where he said that he uh, went to a funeral right before he played a match. That's just, it's crazy. I I hope that New York is offering him, like, mental health resources uh, through their organization because uh, I know Clayster has been very outspoken about it this season, whereas, like, the, the mental, you know, uh, the mental strain that these players are under, especially just competing all the time, they compete essentially every week, you know, at least two days usually a week, and that's just like the official matches. And obviously, they practice so much, um, either formally yeah. or informally with tens and everything. And with the pandemic, that you know, like Clayser said, like he's having like literally Groundhog Day, just over and over and over again. He's doing the same thing. And it's very stressful. 
So I hope that, you know, Asum, Clayster, all of the CDL players, all of the Challengers players, like, take care of your mental health. Like, it's actually really, really important. I've went through stuff, like, the, like fuck the pandemic. It's, like, literally been, like, horrible for mental health. And um, just, like, talk to people. That's all I can really say is, like, you know, reach out to your friends, reach out to family, whoever you have. Like, you know, if they, if those people can't, you know, take their time to, you know, help you, they're not real friends. They're, they don't, they're, they're not people that you want in your life. So, uh, you know, I didn't really mean to get into that kind of stuff, but just make sure that, uh, you're taking care of your mental health. It's super, super important. Like, there's, oh, for sure. like you yeah. know, your physical health is important, but your mental health might be even more important in my opinion. So, um, yeah, so I, I hope that Asim gets that stuff figured out really quickly and he's able to get back into it and hopefully get it. Like if there's a stage five major, I would assume there is, um, you know, get to Dallas for a stage five major compete and, you know, maybe even win an event. It would be really cool to see him go from no offers before the season to a substitute yeah. to, you know, winning an event. So, uh, yeah, best yeah. of luck to him. Hopefully that stuff gets figured out. Um, and let's talk about Before this. Before we move on real quick. Oh, what you want to say? No, you're good. No, I was just gonna. I was gonna echo that. I mean, maybe after the season, we can. One of us can get a chance to interview Eason because, like you said, yeah. it's just a, a huge storyline this year. And you kind of just touched on it there, like going from potentially not even being in the league to most recently being in the grand finals, now being on uh, one of the top teams in the league, and you know. Um, Obviously, it's now confirmed he's not going to be at the Stage 4 Major, but it is important to remember there is Stage 5 and obviously champs after that. Mm -hmm. We don't really, I don't think it's been announced yet anything about Stage stage 5, but I, I believe so. the assumption is that group play is going to remain online and then that Stage 5 Major would be back on land. We don't know where it is or if that's true. Um, but just based on stage four, you would assume they would do the same thing for stage five. Yeah. So it's important to remember that this uh, situation for ASIM, at, at least temporarily, he would be most likely be back uh, in the New York lineup for stage five group play, assuming it's online. And then hopefully that gives him another month additionally to try to get uh, the visa situation figured out for stage five major. Uh, and then obviously after that champ. So yeah. Um, we don't have to, I don't really have much to say, but I just wanted to point that out that hopefully this is just a one major thing for him uh, and we see him back in the lineup for the rest of the season. Yeah, hopefully it gets fixed because if New York thinks that they're not going to have him for the Stage 5 major, it might change how they uh, approach Stage 5 group play just because they might want to stick with Decimate and practice and actual games so they don't, you know, they're not switching back and forth and causing more issues, but... Um, you know, I, I hope, and, you know, I don't think that this should be a really, really big issue. You know, it shouldn't last for like a month and a half or whatever, but we'll see. Um, and let's talk about this last match. Um, really important because Optic lost their first match and the Thieves won their, um, the first match of this week. And, uh, we've been calling it HBR Classic. It's still, still pending approval. Um, uh, and both of these teams came in, I believe with two and two records, essentially whoever won the match, uh, they would, 
be in the top three whoever lost the match would be in the bottom three and you know that's a that's a huge difference it's is a much bigger difference than just getting second or third in your group that's going from either being in the winner's bracket and having the luxury of losing a match during the major to being in the loser's bracket and possibly even starting in the very first round of loser's bracket and having to go like whatever it is like seven eight wins in a row if you actually wanted to reach the grand finals uh so honestly i was when i came into and i was starting to watch this series i was like i actually think thieves could pull this off because they did not look that bad especially with how minimal practice they had with this roster and optic they just lost control to the seattle surge and you know they lost they were one of the very few teams to lose to seattle so i was ex actually kind of expecting a thieves win optic comes out they win a hard point um you know thieves they they come back and win that search but then it's just like a complete stomp what did you think of this uh coming in yeah so just just real quick i'm pretty sure um well i know they had the like tiebreaker scenarios and everything like that on broadcast before uh this match and i'm pretty sure they said the only way that these could have gotten in winner's bracket is if they 3-0'd optic in the series yeah uh so that gave me like flashbacks to the eg situation in world war ii champs um obviously they weren't able to get that done and then i believe like it didn't matter after that um for the thieves uh they were in loser bracket but then depending on how many matches the thieves won against optic uh that could have affected where optic uh finished in the standings but then it didn't end up really mattering because optic just wins it they have they were three and two tied with minnesota but they beat minnesota in their uh matchup so uh they just had the head to head and they get the second spot in the group um, and other than that, this was like a classic, you know, we're, we're calling it the HBR classic, but this was a classic series win for Optic in the sense they win all three respawns and lose the search. That's happened. I, I wish we, I had a counter, but I don't think that exists, but it's happened countless times, it feels like, for Optic throughout the years with yeah. their teams in various games that they, you know, have a lot of 3-1 wins where they... When the respawns and lose that one search, that's their only map loss. So, um, I guess maybe a takeaway for the 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 thieves. They although they lost to uh, Minnesota, they did win a search in that series. So they're two and one in search. Uh, with this current iteration of the thieves, I guess that's thieves 4.0 at this uh, point. Uh, <laughs> um, but regardless, uh, I think. Like I already mentioned for the Thieves, the play for them is to see how this group can perform on land, and that's what they're banking on is just the team showing up when it matters most on land and uh, putting together a loser bracket run. So um, Optic ends up getting this win here. Not, not much out of the ordinary. I think even before uh, the roster change happened with the Thieves, we were both expecting Optic to win this one, and that's yeah. just how it turns out. Yeah, um, so let's talk about this this Hook stuff. So Hook actually had yeah. like um, you know, I mean he had a a really good first map, and then you know everybody on uh, on the thieves just kind of fizzled out essentially. Like he had a a decent second map as well, but then had a really 
really, really, really bad um, map three and map four in the series. And this is this is coming off of so this was what Wednesday last week, which would have been I think June 9th. He dropped a video, um, a YouTube video, which is very out of the norm for Hook. He's like super like introverted it seems uh, at least like in the public eye like he doesn't he's not a big uh tweeter he's not like a content creator so when he drops a youtube video and it's like 35 minutes long you you know some stuff is about to go down he had been teasing this uh for like a week or two or whatever um so essentially he says that he admits to using adderall uh when the dallas empire win the 2020 CDL championship which I believe is the first time that any pro player has admitted to using a performance enhancing drug uh, you know at any point in their career I like I can't think of any I know there have been like it's an open secret that dozens and dozens of players use Adderall which is a um, enhances your focus like people that have uh, ADHD they use uh, like some of them use Adderall so it's easier to focus on things cod players uh, just like any other you know professional athlete if an athlete thinks that they can have an advantage or even the playing field with other teams by using something like this they will and it's been known throughout the community that a lot of players use Adderall to help them in game and Hook admitted to this. He said that uh, he at one point did not use Adderall, like when he was underaged and like an AW when um, you know the like, Temp and TJ and him and everything, like they were um, not or he said he was not using it. And then he, I, I don't know when exactly he said he began using it again, but uh, after the season he decided to stop because he he felt weird like he he didn't in, he said he he didn't enjoy winning the world championship he like he didn't have that was the big thing for me yeah he didn't have the the same joy from that world championship which is his first world championship uh, like one of the biggest tournaments in call of duty history the first cdl championship he didn't have the same joy he did as winning his first land event like it didn't even come close and he he said that the Adderall, in his mind, was the reason for it. He wasn't playing for enjoyment. It was more just, like, playing for anger. You know, like, you know, I have to do this, and I will, and I'm, like, kind of pissed about it. And it's, like, fueling him. And he didn't want to do that. He wanted to be happy. He wanted to, you know, enjoy what he was doing professionally. So he stopped doing Adderall. His quote was, we won champs, and I didn't feel good. Um so he says that he cut out Adderall coming into the season. Uh, he made healthy changes like uh, regarding his eating habits, like working out, uh, mental health, which we just discussed a little bit ago, uh, With and he stopped using Adderall. Dallas has a very good start to the season. They get to the Stage 1 major finals. They lose to FaZe. In the Stage 2, um, I, I, I forget what their group stage record was, but they still appear to be one of the best teams in the league. I believe they got top four at the stage two major. And then stage three comes around and 
I believe they win that first, the the very first match of stage three group play, and then later that night they bench Hook and they replace him with Fellow, and this all starts you know different stuff like he gets uh, benched and then he eventually gets traded to the LA Thieves where he plays very briefly and then they bench him and everything happens. Um, so it, it's just a, a very complicated story. It's like it obviously took him 35 minutes to explain what essentially happened for the entire season and uh, the Adderall thing was a very very big issue um, I guess like aches kind of called into question like you know what will Activision do regarding this because a world championship player has obviously openly admitted to using uh, the drug when he was playing a tournament and um, so I, I guess I just want to get what your take is on this entire situation. Yeah, it's a really tricky situation. Uh, I'm, I'm still not even sure exactly uh, how to feel about it. But I think just like, um, obviously what I mean by, I mean by that, the Adderall use in Call of Duty on that yeah. Hook video. I, I was really happy to see who come out with a video. Um, and we'll talk about it later that there could be another, as always, there's another side to the story. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to wait that. So we have all the facts, but, uh, regardless, it, I, I think it was important for Hoop to come out. Like you said, this is, as far as we know, the first time that a pro has actually a- admitted to, uh, using it, like he himself coming out and saying it. Um, I know we mentioned it in, uh, our article about, um, Hook's video that uh, the Washington Post wrote about Adderall use in all esports, not just Call of Duty. Uh, they had a report on that last year, and they quoted Killa in it, and Killa said that uh, nobody talks about it because everyone is on it, referring it referring to uh, Adderall. So um, it, it's definitely not a, a new topic. It might be like you know a fresh topic in the eyes of the community, but it's it's something like you said, an open secret. Um, that uh, a lot of people in the community just know that these pros are using it. Like, we don't know who in particular is using it, but um, it, it just seems like it, it's a problem behind the scenes, and I don't know what the solution is. Like, I, I was going to talk to my dad um, about it, because my dad was a state trooper for 31 years, and obviously, you know, Adderall's not, like, the craziest drug in the world or anything, but I was just going to get... Uh, his take on like what he thought could be a potential solution or something that didn't end up happening but um regardless i don't really know what the league can do i think like you said uh aches mentioned in his tweet that it's part of their contracts uh and to some extent uh unconfirmed because i i don't know for sure but um if it is a part of the players agreement or the players contracts and players are still using it obviously that's not like working right so um, what could be a potential solution? I am not sure. I, I don't know where we go from here, uh, but I think it's a, a problem that uh, needs to be addressed in some capacity, and I'm not sure when or if that'll happen, but it's something that uh, for the the for the sake of the league and the, the, the future benefit of the league, it's something they have to address. Um, and, and that was just the big thing for me, uh, with who saying he used Adderall at champs last year, um, 
And then he, he says he wasn't using it this year. And in stage one this year, he was considered one of the best players in the game for stage yep. one, where he's saying he wasn't on Adderall. So it, it's clearly, I mean, different games, you know, different team, 4v4, 5v5, all that, throwing that out the window. He wins a world championship while admitting to using Adderall in that performance. But then in the following, you know, just like the next competition we have for Pro Call of Duty, he says he's not using it and he was one of the best players still and performing well. So I don't know what you can take away from that for me. It, it seems like, you know, maybe it, it doesn't have as much of an impact as some people think or like some players can perform without it and prefer, can perform with it or without it either way. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's a really tricky situation. I wish I had answers or, or knew more to say uh, what needs to be done about it, but it's just something we're going to have to keep an eye on for, you know, as long as the CDL's around until yeah. something's done. We dis we discussed it in our group chat. We, like, we were just kind of throwing around ideas. Like, I at least was saying, like, maybe a, um, forcing players to have a prescription for Adderall to use it uh, but it doesn't really like other than knowing who like which players are using it like in this would have to also coincide with some kind of drug testing because I mean if you're requiring a prescription but you're not drug testing it obviously doesn't matter because players just won't get a prescription for it you know um, but like even even if you drug test and even if you force players to um, you know, show proof of prescription, it doesn't mean that these players aren't, you know, using it for the the competitive advantage and not really like using it for its intended use, um, like in everyday life. Because I, I'm sure there are players. I, I think Clayster's admitted to like he needed Adderall. I, I don't know if this this is like not recent at all. Uh, I think it was like years ago when people were talking about it but he said like he had adhd or add I, I really can't remember off the top of my head what he said um but i remember him saying like there are people that really do need it and it wouldn't be fair to just completely ban it like ban the use of something like this because there are people that really struggle and this helps them uh, it's just that it's it's unfortunate that you know some people will take advantage of it. Um, so yeah. The difference here, just uh, to bring real sports into it uh, for relevancy, is right now in baseball the big thing is the uh, pitchers using foreign substances to uh, get a better grip on the baseball when they're pitching, or to you know like improve their spin rate of the ball to make the ball either go faster or move better. Mm -hmm. Um. MLB is cracking down on that now and, you know, just recently uh, being reported on what they plan on doing for penalties and stuff. But that's completely different than Adderall in the sense that th there is the medical use of Adderall, right? It's not like, you know, the yeah. thing for baseball pitchers right now is, is spider tack. And that's literally just a sticky substance you put on your fingers to try to improve your grip and doctor the baseball. Uh, as far as I know, that doesn't have any, like, medical uses uh, compared to Adderall, where, like you said, if, if you have a prescription, uh, for, or if you have ADD, ADHD, and you have a prescription and need Adderall, 
Uh, so that's, it's a different situation from that. And th and that's why I didn't, you know, bring up drug testing or anything like that, just because, uh, it, like you mentioned, there, there's workarounds and stuff. So it's a it's a real tricky situation, and I, I don't have the answers like I already said. <laughs> uh, the second uh, part of this video, after he discusses, like, um, you know, quitting Adderall and, like, feeling different and everything – the, the fallout from, well, essentially like in the last like a month or two of him being on the Empire, he said he started not to enjoy the game because of the team environment. And uh, essentially he was, he, he said he was like basically scapegoated for whatever issues the team had, that he wasn't playing the game the right way, that he wasn't playing the game that, uh, pl playing, um, you know, the way that the Empire wanted. And then he said that he was uh, he was benched, and he said he got a call from Rambo, who's the Empire's head coach, and Hastro, who is the, basically the head of Envy and, like, the gaming division of Envy. Um, he said, quote, not a single word from my teammates, not a single word about what I'm doing wrong, just benched, end quote. Which is interesting it um i don't know why uh crim decided to uh tweet about it today but he essentially uh so this is his tweet i was willing to take the flack from everyone if the other option was explaining our decision in detail and potentially ruining uh, ruining kyler's chances of getting on another cdl team but there comes a point where you need to stick up for yourself and for the sake of your team. Upon seeking advice from people I respect in the gaming community, public relations, and legal entities, I will be addressing the decisions we've made regarding our roster changes with Hook sometime next week after the major. I don't really know what to make of Crim's tweet. What do you, what do you make of it? I, I just think kind of like we hinted at earlier, and part of the reason why I wasn't in particular, I wasn't talking about uh, this other stuff that happened later in the Hook video. As just there's more than one side to it mm -hmm. in every story, and you know we've we've gotten Hook's perspective in his video, and now it sounds like Krim is going to come out with his perspective of the situation. Um, I think it's important to note Hook didn't name any players in yeah. his video. Um, it seems like obviously though, with Krim addressing this, that Krim. I mean, as you would assume from the undisputed or one of the undisputed most successful Call of Duty players, uh, he likely played some role in the decision for Dallas to move on from Hook. Um, so obviously, Kyler didn't say any names in his video, but uh, we'll hear Crim's side eventually. Um, the big thing, Crone uh, put out a tweet on CDL Intel of a like screen grab from a Twitch chat. Uh, one of the things Hook said was that, like, the players, there was a rumor being spread about his uh, health and stuff like that. And he said that, like, uh, he, he claimed that his former teammates on the Empire or teammates at that time uh, weren't checking in on him. And Krim put out a, or was saying in the screen grab uh, in Twitch chat that that contradicts something where he was in one particular scenario where he claims, I literally almost crashed my porch going out of my way to call him mid-stop in go traffic to ask him what's going on um so i, I we're, we're gonna have to wait for Kerm's video to see uh the other side here and then what we can gather from it but um 
But the big takeaway for me is we haven't heard the end of this, and this is going to be something that uh, plays out likely throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, before we move on, I just want to add this. Like, So this is you know part of, I guess, uh, Hook's, I, I guess we would say it's an allegation of like, you know them not checking in on him or like the aftermath of him being moved to the thieves he said that uh, a friend of his in the cod community told him that there was a rumor being spread among players and everything that he was on psychedelics and that he really needed help which is like what you're referencing like how nobody was like checking in on him and everything it's just a a very weird situation um man like i i I hadn't heard any of this, and it, to to hear who played out in a like really like coherent way to say like this is what happened, like this is what's happening our like currently, it was just very interesting. Um, I I'm I'm looking forward to Crim Six's side of it because I'm sure there are, you know, I I don't know to what degree he will contradict or disagree with Hook's assessment of it. I'm sure there will be differences uh, because, you know, although Hook didn't name Crim6 in the video, um, there, was, there was something where he essentially said, like, you know, uh, Illy and Shotzi, you know, they were always, like, you know, really respectful of me or whatever, and then just stopped that sentence. And then you're like, okay, like, anybody else like it's just um very interesting to see if if Krim has anything to say about that uh with the and also the rumors of like you know accusing him of being on psychedelics or whatever so we'll see it's a very interesting and very honestly like sad situation uh just regarding like the mental health aspects of it and the drug use and um kind of the infighting allegedly in the empire's team which led to hook's departure so um if you have any other thoughts um you know if you don't then we'll move on to the stage four major no i i think we've talked about it enough uh we can talk about it more after obviously uh we get this other video from krim but for now let's just get into the major land is back baby yep it is uh on thursday june 17th so at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific, fake time, as we would like to call it, um, we will see the first LAN match since, I believe, March 12th, 2020. Um, unfortunately, we're not getting like a, you know, a banger of a, like an Optic versus Envy or a Optic versus Empire or, you know, Phase versus Optic, but we get Seattle Surge versus London Royal Ravens. Um, unfortunately no fans at this event, uh, just the players and the, you know, the staff and everything. Even the commentators are, um, I think, I think Crone said that they're going to be casting from home. They won't be in the arena, which is a little disappointing, but hopefully it won't cause too many issues. Uh, so the first match of the major is Seattle versus London. Um, I guess who do you got there? Um, it's actually tougher than you think. Uh, yeah. while, while I'm doing, you want to uh, switch overlays and pull up the bracket? Yeah, give me a second. So anybody watching the video form can see. Um, 
But yeah, I I I think London is obviously the smarter choice here. Um but I I ah, it's tough. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say Seattle 3-2. I think it it could go either way. Um neither team has has really impressed, right? Uh both teams went 1 and 4 in stage 4 group play. Um it's just in Group B, uh, London gets that fifth seed because they beat the Gorillas who went 0-5, whereas in Group A, uh, Seattle was tied with the Thieves at 1-4, but the Thieves beat Seattle, so Seattle's in that sixth spot. Um, so with both teams at 1-4, Seattle's win over Optic is more impressive to me than London's win over the Gorillas. Um, so I'll just I'll say Seattle 3-2 for this one. Uh, yeah, I'll say London. I think, I don't really, I mean, I can't believe in Seattle after what we've been subjected to for this entire season from them. Um, and I don't think that there's a, a real clear advantage either way here. I just, I don't know, just a gut feeling that London will come out on top. Um, and then we have the Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, Thieves versus Gorillas. Um, I mean, I think... I don't know how many times that they've met in a major this season, but I know that the first time it was a pretty big upset for the Gorillas over the Thieves. That was in the winner's bracket. In winner's bracket. Yeah, yeah. so um, uh, they met a few times since. Uh, obviously, the Gorillas have not had a good season. The Thieves, I mean, they didn't have a great stage uh, with, you know, two different rosters. Um. I mean, I, I guess I'll go first. I'll say the Thieves. I'm tired of picking the Gorillas. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping that me jumping off a bandwagon will allow that wagon to roll even quicker and start to pick up some steam. And then I can hop back on when they're actually good. Kind of like I do with the Browns, like, you know, in my past life. You know, I, I start rooting uh. for, like, the Packers or, like, you know, whatever team is on, not named the Steelers or Ravens. Um, so hopefully <laughs> this turns them around. If not, I just stay off the bandwagon. I let it go and it crashes and burns. So uh, I'm going with the Thieves on this one. Yeah, I'm going with Thieves too. Uh, not even for the sake of the pod will I jump on the Gorilla's bandwagon <laughs> at this point. That is That is your shtick right now been your stick this year and uh, i'm not gonna take that away with from you even if you're going thieves so i'm picking thieves here um i'll say 3-0 just because you know like we briefly touched on in the uh two matches we saw from this latest thieves roster uh they won searches against optic and minnesota so even if we're in that world where we think and you know We've said before that the Gorillas have a strong search team on paper uh, with past, you know, history and then the Bevels and Ricky coaching staff for S&D Mines, whatever. Um, I, I don't think that's a clear path to victory for the Gorillas. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just stick with the Thieves here. Uh, let's just stay in the loser's bracket for now. Uh, so yep. we both picked the Thieves uh, to win that first round. And they will play the Florida Mutineers in round two of the loser's bracket. Florida versus the Thieves. Who do you have? I'm going to go Florida 3-1. It's tough because, again, we've kind of 
touched on it earlier in this episode where it seems like the Thieves' strategy is to have these veterans coming in for the return to land. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, Florida has a couple players who haven't necessarily played at a major land like this before. So um, I guess it's a battle in that sense, but uh, I'm just going to go with Florida. They, They... Again, they beat Toronto in group play. Um, these went one and four, regardless of roster changes. They went one and four in this stage, zero oh and two with this uh, latest iteration of the roster. So, uh, to me, I think Florida is the better team. Uh, it could be a closer match uh, because it's on land, but uh, I, I'm still going with Florida. Yeah, I, I want to pick the Thieves because. I mean, they did have a really close series with Minnesota, and had there yep. been more to play for in that, uh, like in the back half of the Optic series, I think they would have done a little bit better. And like, I think that's also just a, like, that's an anomaly. They're not going to get smoked like that most of the time, um, because we've seen Optic get smoked j- just as bad in other series and. We know that they're a better team than what they've shown in like the Atlanta series or whatever. Um, I want to pick Thieves, but I just can't. I can't bring myself to do it. So I'll say Florida. I think that they're they're a good team. Like there's no doubt about that. And if you know Big Wake shows up and he's just as good uh, on land as he is online, which I fully expect, then it's going to be really hard for the Thieves to win this uh, kind of matchup. Um, and then the other losers bracket matchup, you have the Seattle Surge moving on uh, into the second round, so they would play uh, the Paris Legion. So Seattle versus Paris, um, who do you pick in here? We saw this match literally less than a week ago. Paris won three one. I'll pick Paris three one again. Yeah, I I have London going into the second round to face Paris, so this. All European, not really European matchup. I'll say Paris. Uh, I mean, I'm wearing the hat tonight. They won two matches in a stage. It hasn't happened for months, and that's that's exciting. Uh, this this roster seems to be improving with Zap in the lineup. Maybe they just keep rolling. Um, Paris is winning champs. They're gonna pick up steam at the end of the season, just like last season. Uh, so I, I'll go with Paris in this one. Um, and and let's start up at the the winners bracket now. So the two uh, winners round one matchups are New York versus Minnesota, and then Optic versus Dallas. So we get another E Classico to start off the major. Um, let's start with this uh, New York Minnesota uh, matchup. I know you mentioned it earlier, but just to reiterate, uh, you have New York beating Minnesota, correct? Yeah, I'm going to go with New York here. I think it'll obviously be a closer series. There could be uh, some issues because, again, like we've touched on multiple times this episode, Decimate's going to play for ASIM mm-hmm. on New York. So uh, not an ideal situation for New York. It makes this match a little tougher than it would be, you know, in my opinion, if ASIM was actually playing. Um, but I think uh, New York should still be able to get this one. I'm going to say New York 3-2. Yeah, I'll say New York. I like. I fully agree with you. I it'll be closer, uh, most likely, than it would have been if New York had their regular lineup. But I don't like if this was the Minnesota that we saw. Like I think it was in stage three when 
they put Standy in originally, and they were just like they were one of the hottest teams in the league at that point. It'd be a little bit different. Um, I just I don't see that happening. I think New York win this, and then the other uh, winners bracket round one match we have Optic versus Empire. We've seen this matchup a few times before. I think the most memorable one was the 3-2 uh, win Dallas had. This was when Hook was still in the lineup, so this is probably the Stage 2 major. And it came down to Round 11 on Checkmate Search, which was... Yeah, I remember. I just don't remember what major it was. Yeah, I think it was Stage... Uh, it would have had to have been Stage 1 or 2. Um, but I think it was Stage 2, and Hook clutched up against Envoy. Uh, probably one of the best matches of the season, in my opinion. Um, but I think, man, Empire has looked good with Vivid lately. And I think there is some some momentum really built there because after losing for a stage and a half to see some kind of wins like they, have, like they did in stage four group play, I think there is some confidence building there. But I... I gotta say optic I just I can't see them losing this like even however bad they play against phase like almost all the time I still think optic would be Empire here yeah I think this one's a little bit closer yeah than it would have been if Florida had beaten Dallas but because of that win uh, that, that could be a sign of improvement for Dallas which makes this a little tougher but I still am picking optic here um, for me, you know, it's the return to land. Guys like Scump and Formal, especially Scump, uh, have been vocal about wanting to go back to land. And although there's not going to be any fans at this event, uh, which would obviously be a huge boost to yeah. the Green Law, um, I just, the return to land, I think that team is going to be energized and excited and come out firing all cylinders. And uh, it might be too much for a, a uh, retooled Dallas to handle uh, right off the bat. So I don't, I don't really know. Um, I, I'm not particularly confident in, in either team. I think it could go either way. Uh, but I, I do think Optic should win this one. Yeah. Um, we might as well just stick to the winner's bracket for this uh, winner yep. semis. So we both think that the subliners will beat the Minnesota Rocker, which would make it a Atlanta versus New York rematch. Um, th this has been like one of the most contested rivalries in the entire league because New York is one of the few teams to actually beat them, I think, multiple times. Um, I know that Search has been uh, Atlanta's strong suit, but if New York can take a Search, then like all bets are off, essentially. Uh, this is also the Stage 3 major grand finals, and uh, we know that FaZe ended up winning that. Uh, with this, with this new or this like temporary New York lineup, uh, do you think they can pull off the upset and beat Phase? No. <laughs> um, yeah. I think obviously we saw Phase beat uh, New York in the Grand Finals of the major, which was a best of nine. I can't. Was it five two? I believe. I think so, it was yeah. five two. Uh, I'm not really sure. But the best, the last best of five we saw New York and Atlanta play was in that winners uh, finals where New York won, but it came down to game five, round eleven, a one v one between Hydra and Simp, where uh, 
Hydra or Clay telling Hydra basically called Sims bluff of not planting the bomb and Hydra didn't check and New York won. So the last best of five we saw between uh, FaZe and New York with ASIM was extremely close and came down to literally the absolute last second. Yeah. Um, Which, even though New York wins that one, I don't think they're going to be able to have the same result with a last minute fill in with Desi. So I am obviously picking phase here. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I can't, I can't see a temporary lineup, even if there's just like one, um, one replacement. I can't see any team beating phase when they're making that kind of change because they don't have the practice. They don't have the chemistry. Even with a, I would pick phase here. And they don't have ASIM, so it's a pretty easy decision. If it, if they do pull off this upset, it's just incredible, and like it's a it's a testament to like how good of a team New York is, and presumably how well Decimate can actually perform. But um, you know, on paper, I can't really see New York with a fill-in beating phase. Uh, and then this other winners bracket round two matchup, um, it. It'll be the Ultra, I believe. You pick the Optic, right? So yes. uh, we both think that Optic will play Toronto. I mean, Toronto's coming off a really, really big win against New York. Um, I don't. I can't. I can't pick first because I'm still thinking about who I think should actually win this. Uh, who do you think, Optic or Toronto? Toronto. I, I'm saying Toronto three-one. Uh, maybe Optic is able to win that first hard point, um, but Control has been a strong suit for Toronto in particular. So um, as long as Toronto is able to win that search, even if Optic wins uh, map one, I think Toronto would end up uh, taking that second hard point to win 3-1. But even saying 3-1, Toronto, like we already mentioned, they're on a 12-map winning streak right now heading into this. And I'll know, uh, uh, although there might be some questions about Toronto playing on land, whatever, all that aside, uh, Toronto's still a really good team. In my head, they're a better team than Optic right now, so I'm going with Toronto. Yeah, the only reason I, I think there is like the possibility of an Optic win here is because of Hardpoint, that if Optic can pull off like a 1-4, I mean, they're not like awful in search, so it's not like out of the realm of possibility, and they're not awful in control. So it's it's not like um, they can be completely written off in any single game mode, and I, I just like I I want to say optic, but I just can't. Like I think, like you said, like Toronto is just a really good team. They're really really hot right now, um, probably the hottest team besides Phase at this point. And I mean, even Phase doesn't have a 12 map win streak. I just I I don't know. Like Toronto, like I can't pick against them. It's essentially the same thing that we've been going through the last few stages where as long as they're not playing each other, it's really hard to pick against FaZe, and it's really hard to pick against Toronto. So in this in this case, I'll say Toronto, but I get, if Optic do win this series, it's because of their their hard point. Like it, they have to pull off those wins and hard point to really make it a series because I don't see a 2-3-5 coming in for Optic anytime soon against Toronto. Um, 
and then let's drop down to losers bracket. I mean, this is the fourth major, so I should have this down. But I think so. New York, um, or excuse me, so Minnesota because they lose in the winners bracket, they would drop down to the top portion of the losers bracket. Correct. correct. All right. So we both think that the Florida Mutineers will make it to losers bracket round three. We both think that the Rocker will drop down. So Florida versus Minnesota, who do you have? Oh, Florida. It, it's tough. Um, I again like both teams went three and two in group play, but for me, Florida has that win over Toronto, and that that's an impressive win. No matter no matter how you look at it, mm-hmm. uh, what transpired after it. Uh, and it, it's an impressive win, and Florida has the potential to be a really strong team. Talked about the storylines with uh, Awakening Neptune playing on land. This is also, as far as I know, going to be Standy's first. I mean, it's definitely his first CDL yeah. uh, land event, but it's like his first major land, as far as I know. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a good one. I, I've got it. Florida winning three-two in my bracket. Um, and I, I guess that's one I could see going either way, but um, I'm going to go with Florida. I I agree with you. I think Florida pulls this out. They, you know, on paper, like, pretty evenly matched because neither have proven to be uh, super, super good at, at times. Like you said, Florida being Toronto, that's really big, but also Florida, like, losing is... You know, they're not, like, I don't think they're consistent enough to, you know, put the stamp of approval with, like, a top four team. And with Rocker, I I just don't think that they're as good, like, as Florida in general. So I would say Florida wins this. And then the other loser's bracket um, match, we have the Dallas Empire versus... So did you, we both picked uh, Paris in this. So. Yes. This is like one of the first times that we've ever agreed on a, yeah. on a major. Maybe this is a sign uh, of things to come. So Empire versus Paris. Who do you have? It most likely means that we're going to be completely off. And uh, this is the we'll one where LAG... versus Dallas winners final. No, LAG just like, <laughs> they run. They get to like top three or something. Um, for me, for for Dallas versus Paris, I'm gonna go with Dallas. Um, I, again, it's one of those toss-ups, just in the sense that it, it's a new rosters for both teams. Um, although uh, Dallas has that recent win over Florida, and it could have been, as I've kind of said a couple times, been a sign of improvement for them with Vivid on the squad. Uh, Paris only went two and three, and their most recent win was against Seattle, which you know isn't like comparatively Paris beating Seattle isn't as impressive to me as Dallas taking down Florida. So uh, I think even with the recent change for Dallas, uh, they're the better team than Paris and uh, I'll go with Dallas here. Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, Paris was winning champs, but this isn't a champ. So Dallas wins. Uh, (laughs) I just don't think Paris is on Dallas's level, especially with how well Dallas has uh, begun playing. And, you know, I think they could, if they didn't start against Optic, if they had played Minnesota in round one, I think that you know it'd be a little bit different. But uh, I think Dallas pulls this off and they beat Paris. Um, so in round four it switches. So 
Uh, we both think that New York is going to drop down, so they would play Dallas in uh, the next match. Dallas versus New York. Who do you have? I'm going to go with New York. I, it's kind of controversial, obviously, with the ASIM situation, uh, but I'm going to say New York 3-2. Um, I could obviously see Dallas winning this one just based off the fact of New York playing with a temporary stand-in, um, but I'm just going to go with New York for the sake of this one. I think Dallas wins this. I think that it had ASIM been there, I think that uh, New York would have the advantage, but just not the case here. Um, so I say Dallas moves on. So this would be a top uh, six um, showing. So it's uh, so. it'd be pretty impressive for Dallas who have struggled since benching Hook. Uh, and then in that other losers bracket uh, matchup. So we both think that the um, the optic is going to drop down. So they would play Florida. So Florida versus Optic. Who do you have? I'm gonna go Optic three one. Um, I, I think you know. Uh, uh, some of these matches are really tough for me. Yeah. And you know, people make the coin touch or the coin flip joke or whatever. But uh, I think this one has the potential to be a close one, but similar to uh, that thieves Florida matchup, which we think will happen. Um, this potential Optic Florida matchup is, again, a story of LAN experience versus LAN and experience for specific players in the matchup. Um, how much of a factor that plays is to be determined, or if, mm -hmm. if you're like you and partially me, uh, you think it won't play any role, but regardless, um, that, that Optic's loss to Seattle aside, um, I still think Optic... I don't even know if I want to say Optic is a better team right now, but but it's close, you know. Um, we talked about it in the last episode. I'm pretty sure if we did like a tiered power rankings, uh, you know, Phase is kind of in the tier of their own, New York, Toronto, like below them, and then like that mid tier is kind of like Optic, Dallas, Rocker, Florida, whatever yeah. you want to do. Maybe Dallas wasn't in there until recently, but um, they're they're kind of just both middle of the pack teams right now, so it could go either way. Um, I will pick Optic over Florida for this one, though. Yeah, I think Optic is the better team. Like, I think if there's a toss-up, you default to experience, and Optic has that. So, um, but it should be close because I really can see Florida winning this, especially if oh, yeah. they, you know, if they've gotten to this point, that means that they've won two in a row, and they've beaten yep. probably the Thieves, and probably Minnesota. So those are you know, not those are two teams like to be proud of to beat. So, you know, there's a very real chance that Florida wins this. I just think Optic ends up winning it, um, which would make the losers bracket semifinals. Um, it would be Optic versus Dallas. So, right? Is that correct? For you, I, I would have Optic versus New York. Okay. So you say yours first Optic versus New York. I'm going to go Optic 3-2. Yeah. Um, I think if New York is able to overcome their unfortunate situation in the Dallas series, I don't think it will be enough for them to uh, take down Chicago with a fill-in like that. So um, the journey ends there for New York in my bracket. 
Yeah, I I'll say optic. Um, I you I just, have optic versus Dallas though, or rematch. Yeah, yeah. I I think optic. Like I, I if I think that optic will beat Dallas in the first match, um, yep. and optic is like you know getting back some maybe momentum or confidence after losing to Toronto if they beat Florida, and Florida is a good team, so I think that optic should beat Dallas, uh, which would move them into the winners or the losers bracket finals. Um, so let's go yep. back up to the winners bracket and uh, decide who gets to the grand finals. So we both have Atlanta versus Toronto, which is a rematch of the stage two major uh, grand final. And I, they also have played in the stage three major, if I'm not mistaken, at some point. So uh, FaZe versus Toronto, who do you have? No, phase three, two. Um, similar, I mean, last event when Toronto had, was coming off winning the stage two major and they went 5-0 and oh in stage three group play, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. They, did. they were, like, considered the favorite uh, for the major by many people. I stuck with a phase, though, in the stage three major and said I wasn't picking against them and I'm not doing it now, so going phase here. Yeah, I'll go with FaZe. I learned my lesson from the last time, and I, I was all in on Toronto in the Stage 2 major, and uh, or the Stage 3 major, I think. And um, Yeah, it was definitely a Stage 3 major. Uh, I was all yeah. in on them, and you know, I, I thought that FaZe would get to the Grand Finals, but they just wouldn't be able to do it. Um, I'm going to say FaZe. I just think they're really, really... like They're the best team in the world, and unless... You know, say Toronto is able to steal a search, which would be really, really crazy considering how well FaZe has been playing in the game mode. Um, yeah, I just, it's not that I can't see it, it's just I don't think it will happen. So I'll say FaZe moves on to the grand finals, uh, which would knock Toronto down into the losers bracket finals. Um, and I believe you have Optic, ver uh, Optic versus Toronto, right? Correct. So we both have Optic versus well, Toronto in the uh, Losers Finals. Uh, who do you have there? Toronto again. Uh, similar to what you just most recently said about your match between Optic and Dallas. Uh, you had Optic in that first round beating Dallas, so you're not going to pick uh, differently in the losing bracket. Um, for me, I have Toronto beating Optic in that second Winner's bracket match, so I'm not going to change it up in the loser bracket final, and I think uh, Toronto will get back to the grand finals. Yeah, I the only thing that would prevent me from saying, um, you know, like a hundred percent with with a hundred percent confidence that Toronto will beat Optic is that Toronto would likely have only played I think that first match, so they would lose to Atlanta, and then they would play Optic who is coming off of a win that day, I think. So I think there are, uh, I'm pretty sure they, that the loser semis is also on the final day, if I'm not mistaken. So like loser semis, winner's finals, loser's finals, grand finals. Uh, if that's the schedule that they're going with. Um, um, on Sunday is elimination round five. Yeah, so loser semis is on yeah, you Sunday. Loser semis, losers final, and grand final. Okay, so winners, yeah, so, 
Yeah, so Toronto doesn't even play on the last day if they lose in the winners' finals, which could be interesting. Um, what so do you mean? You said that it's losers' fi- or loser semis, losers' finals, grand finals, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Toronto likely would not have. So like Optic will have say a win, like right at like so Optic starts the day off with a win. And then they play Toronto, yeah. who's coming okay. in cold, which, I mean, some people argue. Um, you know, I think people stupidly argue, like, oh, you'll get fatigued if you play two series. It's like, no, like, every yeah. team plays, like, so many series of scrims that they become accustomed to it. So I think Optic would have the advantage. So that is something to keep an eye out for. Like, whoever it is that ends up in that spot that they lose in the winner's finals, and they come into Sunday and they're playing a team that's already won right before they play. Um, I still think Toronto win. I just think that they're the superior team to Optic um, in general. But, man, if if there is a chance for Optic, it's because they have that, that advantage. And even on land, like, we don't really know how much of a factor it plays because we haven't seen this format on land. Uh, so, But I'll say Toronto just in case. And then the winners' finals, we both have the same... Uh, the same pair of teams, Atlanta versus Toronto. There's no advantage other than Matt Beto for Atlanta uh, in our scenario. So who do you have in this best of nine series? I'm going to pick FaZe. Again, sticking with them. Not having... I don't, I don't have a reason to pick against them. It yeah. is worth mentioning that Toronto was able to win the best of nine in the stage two major against phase though so maybe the best of nine the way the vetoes or just the, the map order plays out um maybe that's something that toronto can take advantage of or they, they that was in their advantage in the previous best of nine they played against phase i don't really know uh i'm still gonna pick phase here though yeah i agree with you there's no reason to pick against phase um, it's a little bit different if Toronto ends up beating FaZe in that winner's bracket final and then they uh, meet again in the uh, grand final. But we saw that happen in the New York FaZe uh, series in Stage 2 or Stage 3, excuse me. So there's, a, there's always a chance that whoever loses in that winner's bracket final can get some revenge based off of like vetoes and you know knowing how the other team plays. But I'll say FaZe, I think... They're just the best team in the game, and there's really no reason to pick them. It's it, getting kind of boring talking about them like that, so I hope that another team can really step up, uh, or maybe two or three other teams can really step up and prove that they are considered the best team. But um, at this point, I just don't see it happening. Yep. Um, I think that does it. We don't really have any. Uh, we should probably just talk about this real quick uh, before we head out. Um, just I'll pull this up on the stream. This is just the yeah, that's all I was gonna say. Just the standings for the CDL, the overall season standings. So the CDL points, like the the match win percentage and the map win percentage, it really doesn't matter like those specific numbers because all about CDL points. Uh, Atlanta, as you guys can see, if you're watching it, um, you know either live or on YouTube. Uh, 390 total CDL points. That's 110 more than second place, which is the New York Subliners. And then we have Toronto, Dallas, uh, Optic, uh, Chicago, or Optic Chicago, and the LA Thieves in the top six. 
and then the uh, the seventh is Minnesota Rocker. Eight is Florida. So Florida at 150 points would right now be the cutoff for the champs um, champ seeding or whatever because the top eight teams are only going to champs this season. So the bottom four. LA Gorillas, London Royal Ravens, Paris Legion, and Seattle Surge at this point in time would if the season ended today, they would not be attending the CDL championship in 2021. Uh, do you have anything uh, to say for, about these standings before we head out? Nothing in particular. I just wanted to bring them up so we had it for yeah. uh, you know on here to show what's going on heading into the land. Um, we, we've kind of already touched on that, like, huge, the, the gap widening there between that cutoff point for champs. Um, so those those bottom four teams, uh, we've been saying it for a couple weeks now, but it's, it's getting more true. Every time we say it, they, they are definitely running out of time. Uh, if they want to change things up and, you know, get into the contention for a champ spot, uh, they're going to have to go on a run at this major and try to get more points uh, here. So... Um, the only other thing uh, that that really jumps out to me is how close the the, the, the second through fifth is, right? Uh, mm -hmm. New York's at 280, Ultra at 265, Dallas at 260, so only five points behind Toronto, uh, and then Optic at 230. So uh, those, the second through fifth place is within 50 points. Um, so we could see a shakeup there in the standings depending on how these teams perform. But other than that, no, nothing jumps out to me in particular i'm sure they'll mention it uh on the broadcast this weekend but there's also the chance that phase can essentially lock up the first seed in the entire league because they are 110 points ahead of second place and um even if toronto ends up like as long as phase isn't just like completely bomb out because they have like they're going to get a minimum amount of points because of you know because of where they're starting in the major so yep. whatever it is like 20 or 30 points uh so they'll, they'll at least get that but say they win the major they'll be at 465 and even if toronto or new york get there it's just like i don't know like is it gonna be enough like are you gonna be able to make up that uh, many points in the last stage you gotta think in, in stage five after this major is done even if a team goes 5-0 and in group play and wins that major, that's 125 points. Mm -hmm. So if FaZe is ahead of any team by over 125, they have first place locked up. Yeah. So I, I guess that's worth, you know, keeping an eye on. Yeah, so uh, the, just some storylines to watch. Um, it'll be interesting. We finally are going back to LAN. This is... Uh, you know, 15 months or whatever in the making. Uh, hopefully everything goes well, no technical difficulties. And, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, can never really guarantee it. It's just uh, a hope and a prayer. But uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, do you have any uh, last thoughts before we uh, sign off or and you know, I close out the show? You, you stole my thunder there. That's what I was going to say. I just I wanted to say I'm obviously really excited uh, for the return to land yeah. and happy we're finally going back. But I want to temper fans' expectations here. Uh, we, we are excited that we're going back to land, but this is the first land in over a year. And I wouldn't be surprised if there were technical difficulties. 
And there might be some fans out there who would get enraged or, you know, especially angered by uh, technical difficulties or long delays, but it's something that might happen. So I was, I wanted it, you, you beat me to it, but I just wanted to bring that up that it, that it's something we could see this week. And in all honesty, it's something we will likely see. Mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if there's not like at least a small hiccup just because of the transition back to land. And yep. due to how long it's been since, you know, we last had a major land tournament. Yep. Uh, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. And if you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, like the videos, um, share the videos. Also, uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the other podcasting platforms. Make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, Bink is at jbink with two Ks. I'm at Presbyers. And the Ego Chow Podcast Twitter is at Ego Chow Podcast. Uh, our next show will be Tuesday, June 22nd. We will wrap up the Stage 4 Major. We'll hopefully be talking about how there were no technical difficulties and it was a very smooth event uh, to watch. Um, but yeah, we'll be back uh, next Tuesday, June 22nd. Um, that's all I have. And uh, Bink, take it away. Yep, I'm good. Just... You know, said it enough. Atlanta's back, baby. Can't wait to watch some local area network Call of Duty <laughs> this week. And I hope you guys are excited too. So thanks for tuning in. And always remember to send the chow. <laughs>